Hello, everyone. This is Michael Henry Harris, and this is a process episode of the Origin Story Podcast. Normally, it's my privilege to speak with superheroes from all walks of life to see how they got from A to B and to see where they might be going next. But occasionally, I sit down with musician Will Haraway of the Sun Dogs and the Haraway Brothers, and we discuss the process of creating new art. Will is continually writing new songs and performing, and I'm an actor in the middle of writing a shitty first draft of my debut novel. Noticed all the optimism embedded in that phrase, debut novel. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, Will has some tour dates coming up on February 29th, Leap Day. The Sundogs play dead. So this is the Sundogs doing uh, a Grateful Dead show. And I went to it a couple of years ago, and it's fantastic. And you should definitely go. It's at Vinkman's in Atlanta. And it's a great show. It's really, really a lot of fun. And on March 27th, 28th, and 29th, they will be at the Opelika Songwriters Festival in Opelika, Alabama. So it's a fun episode. We talk a lot about the Sundogs Tom Petty Show, and as luck would have it, Georgia State University produces a show called Off the Record, and it mixes live footage from different concert venues with interviews of the band members, and they did uh, the Tom Petty Show in December. That was their feature. It's a really cool look at the band and their history and process, uh, and if, you're in, if you think this is interesting whatsoever, you will also enjoy that, without a doubt. And you get the benefit of the whole band. It's a, it was a really fun show. I was at that, and it's cool that they captured it that way. Uh, if you go to sundogs.net and click on the Tom Petty Show little uh, link on the upper right-hand corner, you will find it embedded there, and I'm sure Google search would find it as well. Uh, to keep up to date with Sundogs and Will's uh, tour dates and, and shows they have coming, you can subscribe to their newsletter, The Ray of Light. It's uh, it's good. It's not only just kind of the facts of what they have coming up, but it's also kind of their opinions on shows that they've seen, albums that have been released, music they're listening to. It's a lot of fun. And as long as you're signing up for things, please also join the flock. And that is Pinecone Turkey's email newsletter, and it's got all the information all about our podcast, books, and uh, other little tidbits and things we found interesting around the web. This is a special episode for me because we debut a song that Will and I co-wrote. A few process episodes ago, I told him I had an idea for a song, and he said to bring it in. So I did, and we talked about it, and I went back and worked on it some more, then set him the revised lyrics and sung a version of the melody for him, and then he went to work and made it into a real song. I had some audio issues while he was playing that they weren't quite as bad as I thought they were going to be at the time. So we've included uh, both recordings. So we ended up recording it twice. Uh, one is a little slower in a different key. And if you have it in you to listen to both, I'd really be curious which version you liked better. So feel free to comment on Pinecone Turkey's Instagram. Or you can email the show at info at Pinecone Turkey. Big thanks to Will for doing this. Um, Writing a song is something that was on my bucket list, just as something to try, just like doing stand-up comedy is as well, and maybe one day I'll do that as also, just to give it a shot. And now that I've done it and co-written a song, I just want to do it again. Uh, it was so much fun uh, exercising those creative muscles in that way. Something brand new for me, and Will is a very patient and uh, capable collaborator, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Will, for doing that. All right, enough intro. Let's do this. It's my favorite part of every superhero movie. It's the origin story, and everybody has one. 
Welcome to Pinecone Turkey's The Origin Story Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Henry Harris, and it's my privilege to interview superheroes from all walks of life to find out how they got from A to B, to see where they might be going next, and how we all can learn from their journey. Try really hard to get him to. Does he claim it? Yeah. Oh, he loves his nickname. It's great. He loves it. He doesn't, he doesn't often get to be Irish John. Is, is that a you have to bring it family out. situation? No, you, <laughs> that, have to, you have to bring it out. He's you have just, to make it happen? Yeah, he's just sort of a measured guy. It's John that plays guitar with us. You know, he's, he's just a very chill, measured dude. But on occasion, you can, you can bring out the Irish John. Will you tell me a tactic or two that would bring well, out Irish John? Is definitely part of it. <laughs> well, the two, my two favorite Irish John st- was at my brother's wedding... We uh, we played for the wedding, um, and one of our members ate mushrooms for the for the performance, which was celebratory. I thought and I liked. I want to come back to that. Keep yeah. going. And we had the, and I think we pl- you know we played like a normal amount or whatever. And I, I think people wanted us to play more, but. It's not that we didn't want to. It was just that we kind of wanted to just sort of chill for a second. And so we turned on, uh, we had the whole sound system going that we had set up. And so we, we, we played music through it. And we ended up playing that Cornell Grateful Dead, uh, that Cornell Grateful Dead uh, live. It's like from 1977 recording, which is a, apparently like the greatest Grateful Dead, or at least celebrate, most celebrated. Uh, there's probably... No greatest Grateful Dead bootleg, but it's definitely the most celebrated Grateful Dead bootleg. It's like right in their Disco Dead period, okay, which is you know super dancey dead, yeah. And uh, we were playing that and loving it. And then I think just by luck, my uh, player went to some Neil Diamond. You know, just some straight up Neil. I don't even remember. It was either like Hot August Nights or Cracklin' Rosie or something like that. No segue whatsoever. Yeah, and John, who had been drinking Jameson, just basically started karaokeing the and performing the <laughs> the uh, and singing the choruses to the to the song, and it was hysterical. So I joined in, and it was there was a lot of male dancing <laughs> in this. So that was that was that was a, that was when he was named Irish John. That's where the nickname originated. That's when it originated. And then this last time was at Thirty A. We saw that was a great day. That was the day we saw John Prine, or at least I did. I don't think he did, but I, me and Lee went and saw John Prine. And then we, and then Lee and I played our show. John was somewhere else playing his show. And then we reconvened to see James McMurtry. Love that. And saw that, which was wonderful. His band was there, uh, which is where we came up with the joke that um, every single one of uh, the members of James McMurtry's band can uh, could fix your truck right now. <laughs> yeah. Just, they all look like they could fix your truck. Every one of them could definitely take apart a carburetor. For uh, sure, there's I'm, no question. I'm going to steal that description. That I mean, is, they, that is they, they do. That's the, you know, they they look like they could like. Kill a snake and 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 <laughs> and skin the snake and then fix your truck and then play a, a great rock and roll show with James McMurtry. Man, what's that guy like? He, uh, he could fix your truck. Yeah, well, that's, that's that, right. that says everything you need to know right there. Like that's enough. And so after that, 
the 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 guy who runs the festival, Russell Carter, who used to live around here. He's a really very cool dude, and he had his sons play. At, and it was like they started at like midnight, and he had his sons play, and they were like, "Dad, we want to play our original stuff." And he's like, "No, <laughs> you're playing at midnight. I want you to play covers." And and so what they did, I think maybe even in spite of their dad, because these guys are in their twenties. They played 80s covers, which, of course, they were barely born, if born at all. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think they were. I mean, I think they are 90s kids, you know, or at least 88-ish, you know what I mean? So they were playing, like, God, it's like Poison? And, like, I mean, it was terrible and awesome, and it was great. <laughs> I mean, we, we, it, we, it was Van Halen. It was, like, 1984-era are Van we Halen, are we yes, them? we were jumping, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I never have seen Van Halen. I'm pretty sure it's the only time that I have seen anybody perform jump in my life, and it was great. And yes, we Iris John was I get I got shots for Iris John and myself, and I don't do shots. Uh, I don't. Shots are rarely a good idea. I don't do them by rule. By rule, I don't do them for that exact reason, and I paid for it later and it was like one of those moments when you're like we because every night we would do this big jam um with whoever and uh i was sitting next to chris stills who you might remember from last year's story story. and everything and we've all become friends and he was that's cool and we were playing rocking in the free world and outstanding which was great song to jam right which was a good easy three chord jam song uh and after and after that, like we were playing it, and after we got done, I was just like, it was, it just kind of hit me. And I was sitting next to Chris, and I was like, "Is that weird for you to play <laughs> your dad's friend songs all the time?" <laughs> he's like, "Man, what I'm used." To, he's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of used to it." He's like, "You know, they're great songs." He's It'd like, be hard to hard to avoid. Yeah, but it, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's if a you're weird. him, it's a little weird. You Completely. know what I mean? It's like, if, what if somebody you're in like one of these jams, and maybe they don't recognize you, and they just start on "Love the One You're With," and you're like. It's my dad. <laughs> yeah, right. I know this one. <laughs> but anyway, at some point in that night, I couldn't play a G chord anymore. And I was like, why can't I play this G chord? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, the shots. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Irish is Irish John's fault. But Irish John was doing great. This is the beauty of Irish John. Irish John actually gets better and I get worse. That's the thing. Yeah. Irish John's amazing. How, um, like most of the time when you're on stage, you folks are on stage. Have y'all, have y'all had a beer? Have you had a toke? Have you had something else? Um, are you completely sober? Like, what's the protocol? And- back in the day, it, uh, there was probably more anything goes. These days, people are pretty sober. Yeah, for the I most part. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll have you, you'll have beers as you play, probably, but and John will have whiskey. But again, John and. <laughs> makes him better. Yeah, he's fine. He's good to go. How, how would mushrooms affect the play? I don't I know. That's that's on uh, that's Benji's thing. Uh, he doesn't seem to be affected by much. So, and he actually is different. He, you know, I don't want to tell tales out of school on the guy, but he, uh, I don't know. He's different. But, but I, I can only kind of speak for myself. And sure. And and I I, I have too much to remember. So yeah, as far as song lyrics and chord changes and then trying to run the band uh that so um i i wait till after to to get to get your wits yeah i wait till after to get the party started pretty much every time that is generally my rule that's that's a pretty good yeah 
Well, I, a, I think I'd imagine it, that's a pretty. It good works role. for me, but you, it's it's something that every player has to figure out on their own. I think. You yeah, know that I mean? alcohol on stage is never a good idea. I don't think it is, but I mean, I I'm talking about for theater, like for acting. It's, yeah, it's, I would I would assume that not it's good. not. Yeah. Back in whole world might have had a might have had a beverage or two, right? You know, especially if there was, was usually shows used to be shows at eight and then at ten thirty. Yeah, and that ten thirty show. I remember. I've been to a few of them. Okay, so like in between those two shows, there were. Were you a part of that? Yeah, yeah. Was, I didn't know that. Main stage at Whole World back in twenty five years. Oh, wow, that's twenty great. years ago. I probably saw <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, how, maybe, how long maybe. did you do that? Oh, we're switching now. I'm interviewing you. Oh, this is crazy. Um. I didn't know that. I don't think the I mean, people. Years. I don't think the listeners know that about you, Michael. Oh well, now now they do. Uh, years. So they, I was taking classes there, and then you kind of move up, and uh, there was a, they had a great cast going yeah, on, and they uh, sure did. on the main stage, and a lot of them went to L.A., and that was kind of planned. And do you go to L.A. and try and get on like what's a, L.A. is uh, second cities in Chicago, and the one in L.A. is the Groundlings. The Groundlings. That's so, uh, no, Will they Ferrell were. I mean, guys, right? A lot of the. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, actually, I have no fucking idea. Uh, it is. I'm pretty sure. Cool. Um, you know, a lot of them had made. I mean, long story, really short. Yeah. Uh, they were doing well, and they had leads and contacts out there, and so they developed an apprentice company. Okay. And then we did Thursday nights for a while. And then when they left, we moved to the main stage. Oh, okay. Now, I was on the main stage for about officially a month or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I was working in politics at the time the, the session came. Okay. And I needed to uh, concentrate on that. Okay. And then as that same year, then I ended up uh, moving out of improv and doing more Straight know, stage, and, stage, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. stage and camera. Yeah. If I'm remembering my collection right, but I was, it was a big goal of mine to make main stage, and I made it for like a half second. Well, and then I was gone. Right. Uh, but it was cool. But I, I mean, I probably did a, I mean, I did a ton of shows there. Yeah, I bet. Over a month. I'm sure that's Because at first we just had like, they started, oh yeah, that's right. They started doing Tuesday night shows. Yeah. That's where we started. We did Tuesday, then we went to Thursday, then they would mix some of us into the main stage shows. Yeah. Um, but those, the two show nights were great. Friday and Saturdays, if you did 8 and 10 30. And sometimes with us people, I guess we were the apprentice company for a yeah. while, we would just do one of those shows. So much fun. Oh, man, I bet. Yeah. I bet. But yeah, that's. I good. never need to see improv again, however. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went, Aaron and I went up in. Up at Second City a couple of years ago in Chicago, it was, it was pretty hilarious. You know, it, it, it kept me entertained for sure. Yeah, I had never been to Second, Second City because they cool. and they don't do improv; they do sketch. I guess you know, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, kind of write true. their sketches. Yeah, they did. Using yeah that's true. Improv, You're right, it wasn't straight. I mean, I guess it was like some improv, but yeah. I would. Uh, there's a company, Improv Olympic, and they. I went to see them when I was in Chicago, and they were ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But there's good improv here. They got Whole World's good. Dad's Garage is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Village Theater is good. A lot of the guys that I was with in that apprentice company at Whole World went and started Village Theater. So my brother, who I think you've met briefly, I have. right? And yeah. uh, he's a quiet and reserved dude, as you may have intimated, but I'll tell you that he is regardless. And he was living in uh, Inman Park. He's living in the, uh, the Bass Lofts. And he got it in his head that he wanted to be one of the musicians for uh, Dad's Garage. You know, one of the band. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the band is a big part of what they do over there. 
and he wanted to get in it and and thought that would be fun and easy money and down the street and just fun you know yeah. like a great way to be playing he could play keyboards he could play guitar whatever they kind of needed him to do yeah but they as you you probably knew this i did not know this and he didn't know until they asked but you can't do it unless you go through the classes so even the people that wanted to be musicians be part of the band they had to go through the the same curriculum or whatever as everybody else so he had to go through the classes oh that's cool yeah and it's definitely like very anti him at least so we thought but Leela always surprised you which is cool um but uh so it was this was years ago i mean years ago it's probably five six years ago but but he graduated you know and uh, we went to his graduating performance his class of Whole World Theory, I mean, at uh, Dad's Garage, and man, he was hilarious. Did he love you it? Know? Oh, he was great. He, we were there, you know, it was it was all improv, and he was funny as hell. Did, uh, Everybody was funny. Did he end up getting to do some music yeah, he work did, over Yeah, he did it for a little bit. Uh, he didn't do it for that long, but, you know, he, he, he I guess, maybe as long, maybe a little bit longer than you <laughs> were on main stage at Whole World. I think he was there for a couple months, and then... Got some other gig that he did, but but I guess he made his goal. It was, it was I tell you what, it was awesome to watch him do that. I mean, I was that's pretty fucking brave, you know. <laughs> especially, you know, you know. yeah, especially if he's, you know, that's not his. No, he's not trained to do that. His, you uh, know, type. It's not his thing. But it, but turns out he was, you know, he could at least get he could he could handle it for you know that level. So yeah, that I remember. Cool. I remember what maybe even start whole world was. Uh, I was working this really shitty job uh, doing government relations for the Atlanta home builders. Mm-hmm. And we had like that this. It does sound like a shitty job. It was fucking awful. Uh, we had, uh, you know, it's like this big room and everybody had desks, but you weren't in the office, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, very rarely. But, and one of the coworkers said, Yeah, my friend just, you know, took classes at Whole World, blah, 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 you know. And I was just like, You know, fuck. It sounds like fun, right? Here I am, a drama major. I mean, yeah, I went to law school, but. Uh, yeah, I'm working in politics, but like, like I should be doing that, not that person. Right? I didn't even know that person, yeah. of course. <laughs> and so then I started signing. Way up for- funnier than whoever that is that I've never met. It wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't way funnier. It was like that's the kind of thing I should be doing. Well, that's good. You know, not a not a not a way funnier kind of deal. And so yeah, so I was there for years, and you know, just you work your way up. That's and, really great. I did not know that about you. And um. Like a Sarah Baker, who was uh, on the main stage then, she's in the Comiskey Method now. She's been oh in, wow, she's been in tons. Yeah, of shows. I haven't seen that, but I I, I know it exists. And uh, Lance Crawl is doing really well. He was out in L.A. He did the Joe Schmo show, and then okay. he had the Lance Crawl. He had talk radio, and I yeah. think and uh, Anna Facino is doing well. Like Lawrence, all of them are not all of them, but like they that was a really uh, talented and 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 good group of people. That's fun, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're friends doing for life, I'm assuming for You know, I there was a pretty big demarcation between like the main stage hanging out and me. Right. Mainly because I was just a shy, awkward asshole in my 20s, right. you know? Like yeah, yeah. I was intimidated by all of them. Sure. Um you know, that but the ones in my group can be intimidating. Yeah, the ones in my group, like my apprentice company, yeah, we're still we're all, pretty close. We're all still very tight. Yeah. In fact, the first inviolate that was my theater company in New York, uh, the first inviolate fundraiser we had down here was actually at the Village Theater. Oh wow! And they put it on and treated us great, and it was really, really awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's shit. We had a lot to talk about. I don't yeah. Know. Let's let's go. Let's start furthest back in time. And, okay. Uh, let's talk about Petty, the Petty Show. Yeah. 
Yeah, you were there. It was fun. We already talked. We haven't talked about this. No, we we haven't. We talked (laughs) about it. It was our in-person conversations and our microphone conversations confused. Yeah, Uh, I was there. It was fucking amazing. Thanks. It was a huge venue, and y'all filled it. Uh, Yeah. How was it on your end? Uh, it was, it was really great. Uh, it was really fun. Um, everything about it. You know, probably the best of those that we've done. I think. Um, uh, it was a lot more thought out than maybe we had done and just little things about like we had roadies for the first time um i mean we've had roadies before but not for this show that, that like knew what guitar to bring for what song and just kind of thinking about stuff just trying to think a little bit next level about this about how it should look and about how it should you know, how the song should flow and just making sure that um, there wasn't a lot of dead time on stage and just keeping, you know, just keeping things flowing the whole time. And uh, it was great. I mean, you know, um, uh, th- those shows, are, the center stage was 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 fun. It was, I-, I loved that it was in the middle of Atlanta, you know, in Midtown, um, because that's kind of tried to be like that kind of the Midtown not the midtown but just the 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 local band you know what i mean and so the local band should play in the center of town and that's exactly where that was you know it's like you could get there real easy from uber or whatever and uh just tons of bars and restaurants all around i don't know it's just everything about it just sort of being in that not that i mean we love terminal west that's certainly an awesome place to play but it's a little far flung as far as just getting to and just kind of out of the way. It's, right. You know, and it's just like right in the middle of town and it had all that history. You couldn't help but think of bands like the Black Crows and Driving and Crying and, you know, all the guys that just played there for years and years trying to make it, you know, back in the, the 90s and early 2000s. Um, at least that's what I thought about. And um, But uh, it, it was a really fun stage to play and they treated us great and they're going to, have us back. We're going to do another one in May, actually. Yeah, oh, great. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. That's well, a good sign. Well, of course, yeah, it is. And we've, we've, we've tried to make that, you know, we try to be, make inroads as we go for sure. And, uh, but to immediately come back like that is, 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 is pretty cool. I mean, we're just going to try and make it obviously different. Uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to repeat yourself, but, but we've got a, we've got some, we've got an idea for the, the next time to make it a little bit different. And, uh, um, you want to tease us with it? Yeah. No? Well, okay. actually, so how, yeah, how because, um, we're going to do something with our friend, uh, Chris Glower, who, who runs the last waltz ensemble, which, you know, is a, a Dylan and a band thing. Cause we sort of had this, uh, stoned brainstorm about the fact that, um, uh, Dylan fronted both Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and the band. He was the front man for both of those bands at one point in time, at least for tours. You know what I mean? Really? Well, the band was... Obviously, Dil- I knew the band. That was the his band. The band was his band. That's why it's called the band. band. That's right? why it's called the band, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I think it was around 85, 86. I don't have the dates perfect, but they did a... He was looking for a band to back him up on tour, and uh petty raised his hand and they toured for like a year where and there's great recordings of it there's great vinyl of it actually um and uh, where like petty and the heartbreakers would come out and do a set um of petty stuff and then dylan would come out and, and they would back up dylan 
for another 90 minutes on his stuff. And, and that's really what's cool to hear. The Petty stuff sounds great, like it always does. But it's fun to hear the Dylan songs through the Petty filter. Um, because no offense to any of Dylan's other bands, but this is just like a lot, just like cleaner and more rock. I mean, it just, it sounds like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play. And I think, I think Petty's playing bass through a lot of it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, it just, I don't know. It, it just sounds different in a very cool way. It, it sounds right. super clean and good. And so the idea is that, uh, we'll do both, uh, both bands will play, you know, play sets with maybe a Dylan set in the middle of it. Oh, that's going to yeah. be great. So it's a little bit music nerdy, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that is definitely where I live, you know. Yeah, you're a musician. And trying to keep it in that range of era too. Like what was, what, what was he playing on that tour with them, you know, and what were they playing on that tour and just getting into that minutia, I gotta be honest. That's I love that kind of stuff. I bet you, you know. Sure. I, I really do. do. You know, so um, so that that'll be fun to put together, and that's May sixteenth. Yeah, we're gonna that's do that again. outstanding. So that'll be back at center stage. But 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 it was a you know a great gig, and yeah, it was, it's, it's lovely to see. Uh, at this point, we're you know we don't get nervous necessarily about people coming out, but um, but it's still it's great when they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice not to be surprised that they're not there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I, yeah. And and we recorded it um and filmed it. Or at least we didn't. Um Georgia State University filmed it for this thing called uh it's called uh I'm gonna blow it, but I believe it's called off no, on the record. On the record. That would make I'm more pretty sense. sure we'll put it in your show notes. Definitely. I think it's on the record and they basically they they do like a documentary style thing where they they filmed the whole thing, and uh, and multi tracked the recording as well, and then synced all that up, uh, which was fun to go through. Actually, uh, it was really fun to to go through the multi track and be like, oh man, that does sound pretty good, you know. And Ex- like, explain to everybody what that means. Okay, so multi track just means if you that um, you're recording every everything on stage you're recording the drums not only the drums but you're recording the snare you're recording the you're recording the, them separately you're right? recording them separately you're recording the bass you're recording the all of the guitars you're recording all the vocals all the keyboard tracks and and then you put them in the multi-track and you mix it all together and try and make it sound uh maybe a little bit better than just like some mismatch you know you're just raising levels here and there and just the same way you would for a record honestly yeah you know did uh, making sure, I, I, and it's mostly the you know the vocals and the making sure that when the guitar solos are happening that you can hear that guitar you know the, that that those levels are pushed up and uh and you know just all, all that kind of how does the sound not bleed into each other or is it just because it's well it's because it's multi-tracked yeah so it's it doesn't bleed but uh, well some of it does bleed obviously through the vocal mics but but a lot of it is it's 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 pretty clean you'd be surprised i mean it's so cool. intense if you look at where like those little mics are on the amps it's just right up on top of it you know it's hard to it's hard for it to for anything but that to kind of go through so they put it right on right on top yes yeah, right on it Right oh, that's on. cool. So we went through that. Me and Kevin Thomas did the line share of that, and that was that was kind of fun to listen to. But uh, that's that was just released on uh, PBS Georgia, so you could see that. So on, that's out. Yeah, it's out. Oh, outstanding. You can see it. It's a two-hour thing, and they came back and interviewed me and Kevin on. Uh, we, we did it at our practice space, and we just kind of talk about the history of the band and. 
uh, of our band and a lot of petty stuff and um, just the the players and all, all right, that I'll stuff. Put a, I'll put a link to that on the Pinecutter yeah, website and put that in the flock email. And it, it, it was fun. I'm it ended up it that. ended up uh, it ended up really really good. It's not perfect, but I mean, live shows rarely are. You know, um, what but, is? but 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 going through it, I was really really proud of the way we did it. It, it you know, and and the and the way it came out. So it, it, complete success. It's complete success. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely great. That continues to be like a a fun thing that I came up with on a plane to you know that that that, that is still working. You know, it's like, what can we do that's fun? You know, look, because I, I may have told you this. I don't think I told you on the podcast. So, like, I, I, I went and saw Yacht Rock do their thing, and I had wanted to see them so bad because um, I'd heard about it. And then once I saw them, I realized who they were, that I knew them, that I, I knew Mark, and I knew Nick, and I knew Pete because they were in YOU. And they were so good. And it was like, man, that looks so good, and they're having so much fun, and the crowd loves it so much. What can we do that's sort of... That, that that that's ours that's that's like that and that's where we kind of came up with well let's do the petty because we'll never get tired of doing that you know and it's just opened up all kinds of doors which is i was really about to say cool. that that's taken y'all yeah to a, a huge leap right it has it really has it's pretty funny because <laughs> yeah. you would think that um you'd get pigeonholed into that and we were worried about that a little bit like oh well now this is what people are going to want us to do all the time but um, that's not the case. Uh, it's it's really worked out to sort of, in a way, sort of fund the other stuff in, in a good way. And, um, you know, when we do these songwriters festivals, um, you know, the, the original stuff is stands right up on its own, which is lovely, you know. And, and it's kind of cool that you can offer uh, a festival programmer both. That is, and it is. You know, it like is. that would be, if I was a programmer, that would be very like, okay, great, awesome, two slots. That, <laughs> that is sort of how it works. You're like, oh, okay, I could I could put asses in the seats with this, and then they can fill some, you know, some songwriter sets with me with this other thing, and it, and it all works, and it works for us too, so. I love that. How is the, speaking of like pigeonholing and Yacht Rock Review, uh, by the way, we were uh, mm-hmm. earlier today with my son. We were talking. We mentioned yacht rock, and yeah, he was like, "That's the name of the band and the genre." He's like, "I'm going to start a band named Hip Hop." <laughs> like, no, it's Yacht Rock Review. We just always forget to say the review. Yeah. Uh, so they just released an album of their original stuff and are doing a tour. Um, right. I I knew am I, that they am I were making that up. No, I knew that they were recording that. I didn't know it had come out yet. Has it come out yet? If it's uh, if so, that's. Yeah, I don't know if it's that's out yet. wonderfully badass, and I'm here for that. I'm here for anything those guys do. Though, yeah, they're to be honest with you, ridiculously I mean, talented. Um, I'm hoping to have. I at love least one or two if on that's the, the. It does not surprise me that they would do that, um, and I hope that. Let's see if they. I just want to see that. Well, if I were you, I would be studying how they do it and how successful it is, and what works and what doesn't, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, Nick has tried a, a few different original acts. Uh, he plays with Tim Smith, who you know plays with freaking Noel Gallagher hmm. in High Flying Birds. You know, it's so everybody. There's no there's no secret about Nick Nespedanti and the music Being world. Talented. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that. Yeah. So that's not a surprise. So I, I, I didn't know that that was out, but I'm going to go search it out as soon as we're done here. It may not be out. Well, either way, <laughs> I'll figure it out because I've, he and Greg and, 
are both great songwriters. So yeah, I would, I would love for that to be true. Yeah. I'm excited for them. I hope it, I hope it, I hope it does well. Yeah. I think it's, I think it, I think it probably will. I mean, at this point nothing's really stopping those guys. So that's very, very cool. Uh, tell me more about the festival down at 30A. Yeah. Um, speaking of festivals. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that was our third year. Uh, it was, uh, again, really, really fun. Um, we, we did a, a, a petty set, um, which was maybe a, because we had just done it in a lot of ways was fun and loose in a very different way than the center stage one was. Cause yeah, it's a much smaller place and people are really packed in there. And I don't know, we were just pretty loose and it was, it was, it ended up being super fun, even with like the sound is not anywhere close to being as good. There's feedback going all everywhere, but um, that was a blast. We did a Sundog set, which is always fun, um, and, and, and got to, you know, do our, uh, our Sundogs material, which is, you know, different than the Haraway Brothers material. It's just a totally different vibe. And, um, so, so it really got to, we got to show off really every phase of the band during this one weekend, you know, it, um, cause we, you know, we, we did a Sundog set, we did a Petty set, and then Lee and I did two Haraway Brothers sets. Um, and then John Harris did two John Harris sets um, separate from ours, you know, of his material. Awesome. With Kevin Thomas, you know, playing keyboards. Um, and he sort of played key- keyboards intermittently with all of these things. And then our other buddy, Bradley Cole Smith, uh, who's kind of part of the family too, he had his own sets, you know. And the final night at the Rep, which is this great little uh, theater um, right right in Seaside, uh, we all did one together. So it was like me and Lee and and Bradley and and KT Kevin was on that on that one too. So th- that was really cool. And then on top of that, so Benji was involved. And just to to I'm sure I've told you about Benji. Benji, um, you know Benji has been playing with us since around 03 or 04 he he's just sort of like the the always present member of the band who sometimes isn't there if that makes any sense <laughs> yes it does and because a long time ago i made a deal with him basically well it, it worked out really good because john had just joined but he had some he wasn't he, he had some things where he he wasn't always sure he could be at every gig and benji wanted to play as many gigs as he could, but he was so busy playing with everyone because Benji plays with everyone. So basically what I just determined is that we just had two lead guitarists and that one of them would always be available. I, I made the gamble that one of them would always be available. And if they were both available, fucking great. All the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that ended up, that worked well for years. Um, and then Benji, of course, you know, as uh, he started playing, with uh, Blackberry Smoke, which he's actually out today in Dallas at some uh, private show where George W. is the keynote speaker. So <laughs> I don't know what that event is, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's it's a lot for a plate. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's well paying. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure it's paying paying those guys well. Uh, but uh, but then he also got involved with uh, with Christian Bush, Christian Bush with um, 
uh, with Sugarland and, you know, going back to Billy Pilgrim and all, you know, he's been a, a mainstay around here and, and now a honest to goodness country superstar, Grammy winner and all that stuff. So Benji became part of his orbit, you know, and, and played with him. So, um, so, so we get him whenever we get him now, you know, is, is kind of how it goes, which is still fine. The deal still holds. It's right. like, and I've always told him that it's like, if there's a gig on the calendar and you want to come, just show up. We got a spot yeah. for you. <laughs> it's no big deal. And, and that's, it happens a lot. It's like, Hey, I'm free. It was like, all right, see you. Sound checks at five. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And, uh, it's great. But, um, so Tuesday of the week before 30A, he sends me a text and, and he was like, Hey, we're doing this dark water thing. And he had been telling me he, that, that he's got this, uh, this, this new act that he and uh, Christian and, and Brandon Bush, his, uh, uh, Christian's brother who uh, plays with him and has played in Train. He's got his own great career for years and years and years. Um, that the three of them had put together this act and it's called Darkwater and Benji and Brandon had written the music for it. And he had played some of this for me like back in the summer, and it's like very Grateful Deadish. It's real like this envelope pedal, like all that sort of, you know, if you think about Jerry Garcia guitar tone, you know, like the Scarlet Begonias kind of, you know, Franklin's Tower kind of. That comes sound. off of the envelope. Yeah, uh, a lot of that is the envelope pedal and the Y, and probably 10 other pedals that I don't even know how to use, but, but, <laughs> but, those, but, but all those guys do. Uh, you know, uh, and obviously the player and the tone and the tone and the touch, but um, so it, it was sort of based on that sound, and they and they had written the the songs and given them to Christian, and he had written these great songs around the the music, and um, he had told me about it, and I listened to I actually listened to it with Mackenzie, my daughter, and we were like, hey, this is this is pretty good, you know, this is it, it's different because of kind of the the country. The, the kind of slickness that Christian, it, it's just, you know, that's the, where he lives at this point, you know, so, so it's sort of got that, uh, that sound. And then it's also got this grateful dead thing going. It's, it's a very cool sound. So he, he, on Tuesday of that week, he's like, Hey, um, what do you think about you and Lee learning the Dartwater stuff and doing it with us for the two shows? Um, and he's like, I'm talking harmony, and you do the bass, and Lee does the steel. And without even talking to Lee, I was like, yes. <laughs> You're in. Absolutely. You'll be down there anyway. And he's You're like, in. are you sure? I mean, it could be a lot of work. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm in. He's like, are you sure? Because, you know, I know you got the kids, and you're going to be trying to get out of town. And I got it. Not worried about it. Don't just send me the songs. I got it. Just send me the songs. So... um, we were pretty fine. I mean, and then I talked to Lee, and Lee was into it too. Uh, was he as excited as you were? Or? Yeah, he was. You know, because we both love that kind of thing. I mean, it's that, that is fun. I mean, give me a work. I mean, that's just going back to when we were children. You know, give us a worked out piece of music and ask us to learn it, and it, and learn stacked harmony parts. I mean, that is one hundred percent where we live. I mean, when we were. You know, with with my older brother Charlie, when we were you know ten and eight and six, we were learning the Beatles stuff, stacked up the harmony. Like you take George, I'll take John, you take Paul, you know, and then you got to figure out where they are in the mix, and then don't get off of that part it, because if you get off that part, you're gonna hit the other guy's part, and it's gonna screw everything up. So you got to stick on your part. So it's like this 
it's this really fun discipline type of thing that, man, I just, I mean, I love it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life and it is, it is kind of a, it's just fun. So like we spent that whole week separately because we were going to get together, but it was impossible to get together. He, he's living in Roswell now, you know, it was like, we were not getting together. So, uh, we learned it separately and it was just like doing home, just a daily homework assignment, you know what I mean? And I did not probably get it nailed until like I was taking the like I got down to it where I had learned them, but I hadn't like nailed them. And then I just said, right, I'm just going to concentrate on the bass, got the bass parts. Then I was like, all right, well, how am I going to get these harmony parts? Because he had he had literally done like six different harmony parts. Because what you do in this in, in, in with with this type of thing, or at least what he did, but you, you, if you listen for it, you can hear it in all kinds of music, but it, but especially in a lot of the country music is that a guy will record his melody track and then he'll just go back and not necessarily get other members of the band. He'll just sing over it, over it and over it and over it and over it. And he'll sing harmony parts on top of harmony parts on top of harmony parts because it gives it that real thick sound. Okay. So the problem is, is there's all these parts to choose from and they all have <laughs> the same voice. Uh, and it's just hard to figure out which one to take. Did and he tell you what they I wanted try, you to I, do? I, well, I figured out that Lee needed to take every high part and I needed to take every middle part. The problem is that the middle part's the hardest to find because it's in the middle. Right. You know he's I mean? a tenor and you're a baritone. Right. Is that right? Well, yeah, pretty much. But either way, like whatever he, note he was taking for the melody, I couldn't take that note. So either I had to go below it or in the middle between the high note. <laughs> I know. It's complicated. <laughs> I know. Trust me. So like on the way down there, and I went down by myself – that was what I did. I just turned on that music and turned it up and listened over and over and sang along. And that was where I got it. And it was like the, the, the biggest gift was to drive down by myself in a car, just rewinding like these songs. Five hours of straight. Yeah, it's literally. And, like by the time, and I would like text Benji. I was like, just got Goliath. Just figured it out. Yeah. Just found the part. I got it nailed. So excited, you know. Uh, and then we got down there and we did one practice with them, which was fun and intimidating all in the same way. Uh, cause you want to get it right for somebody when they give you your material and you know, it's their ass on the line and the, and he's the guy with the big reputation and the, you know, whatever. So you don't want to fuck it up. You no, know what I mean? Of course not. So we practiced and that went great. And then we played that night and that went as good as it could. I mean, it, it was at AJ's, which is, you know, the, the, the same little roadhouse place where as soon as we got done with that, we played the Petty show We're okay. on the same stage. So the sound for vocals is not wonderful, you know, but uh, but I st still felt pretty great about it, um, and and really, you know, it was just so fun to kind of nail your homework assignment on the, uh, you know, while while playing a gig, which is it's just a weird feeling and a fun feeling. It reminds me a little bit of the situation of an actor going in to a an established show and you're going on as a you know a guest mm -hmm. star or a co-star, mm -hmm. uh, and you. You know, everybody's a professional. Right. But their careers are a lot better than yours. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the actor <laughs> no, point of view. You got it. You got it right. And the you first go time. in there. <laughs> and you go in there. You might work a day or two. And like, and you know, you can't fuck up. Right. Like they, they might can fuck up a little bit. But right. You really can't. You can't. You can't be the one that like puts everybody behind and that. And that's a ton of fucking pressure. Yeah. But I did like it. Like, it, I think I told you that too. I was like, it was kind of fun pressure. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm into that. It's yeah, like, it, well, I don't think you'd be doing this, and they, right, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I do. Like, you wouldn't if that wasn't part of it. Part of yeah. the joy, you know, yeah. Part of the thrill. Part of the fun is knowing that you might fall off the rope. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we didn't. 
And I was proud of my brother. Like he, I would look over at him, and he would be nailing some high part. And I was like, and watching him kill the. And he was just playing pedal steel, which I think we've talked about. I think is his best instrument, and it was, it was just fun. And having Benji up there, you know, and him being. And, and what's cool is like he's really a part of this act with Christian, in a way that in the other acts he's always sort of been the hired gun. Mm. I mean, you could even, I wouldn't say this, but you could even say even with all of the bands, including maybe ours, that's the way he's kind of perceived. It's like, oh, well, here's Benji. He's just here to rip leads. We know that's not true. He actually, he's he's actually more of a glue guy. You know, he sort of fills in whatever's sort of needed to be filled in the music. That's the beauty of it. He just naturally knows where to be. Can do both. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want him to rip, he can certainly do that, But but he's just as happy to sit back and, and find the part that needs to be played and play that. I mean, a lot of times during that petty stuff, he and I are playing the same notes, you know, and sort of laughing. We play these long fills and notes. Uh, we just have all these tricks that we do together, and they're not fancy tricks. It's just don't overplay. You know, it's, it's like just hit the note and let it ring. You know, stuff like that. It's fun. Well, that's very, very cool. But with uh, Dark Water, right, he wrote the music, Yeah, he's, right? he's, so. he's a co-writer in this, and, and they can't really do that act without all three of those guys. So it's the first time probably in his career where he is, the you know, he's a, he's a, he's a co-owner of it, it creatively and, you know, financially. So yeah. that's that's... It's pretty. It's pretty great, man, and uh, I'm really proud of him, you know. And uh, and and the final gig that we did. So we, we ended up doing a total six sets in four days, which was pretty a lot of work and a lot of fun. Um, but the last night was at the Rep, and we did our show, the one I talked about with um, with with Bradley Cole Smith, uh, all on stage, and, and we did that, and that was really really fun. And the the Rep is so quiet and intimate of a place you know it's not a bar it's a theater so it's not like you have to compete with the clinking of glasses and people ordering drinks or whatever it's just people staring at you and it's it's great you know and uh as soon as we got done the dark water guys came on and so we just stayed uh but this time i wasn't playing bass so i was just uh kind of standing there with my shaker Singing harmony, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was fun, and and to make it more about yacht rock, it was funny that because it's really dancey music. You saw it, yeah. I know you've seen the Dark Water, and yeah. And uh, at one point, I was like, well, "What am I going to do up here? I've just got my shaker in <laughs> 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 <And> my ass." <laughs> Dude, use them, baby. So that's what I did. I was like, "Use I'm what doing, you got." No, I was literally said, "I'm doing the yacht rock shuffle." The left to right shuffle, and they nailed that was that was that's left to right, man. So next time I see those guys, I'm going to tell them that they're going <laughs> to laugh their asses off. But um, it was great, man. And they had Wyatt Durrett, who's written uh, six, five or six of Zach Brown's hits. He came up and did a a song and uh, a couple songs with Levi Lowry, who is a you know amazing player and singer and songwriter i like him a lot yeah and they've got this thing called yesterday's wine that they're doing together which i guess i'd heard of but i hadn't heard so the first time i'd heard those songs that they did were on stage and they're beautiful and they sound great together uh, i was just fun man it was just fun doing pro shit with pros you know I bet. It, it was just cool yeah that's yeah. awesome so we were and then after that we went back to you know, this sort of house party that we had been, that it was traveling house party where people would get back together and just 
sing and drink beer at, for the you know for the rest of the night. And th- that one was by far the most fun one that night because we were kind of on a high. Um, and but but there are these two Irish dudes, and I, I don't remember if I mentioned them last year. But we met them last year, and one of them's name is 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 Patrick Byrne, and they're in their twenties. And they are just wonderful people, and they're and he won actually the Irish Voice. This guy, so no he shit. is one hundred percent legit, and he's he's he goes he gets invited to all these songwriters festivals, and they're just a joy, you know, and they and they just have this great sort of, you know, uh, just just sort of Irish, just lovely, friendly attitude, and and when you, when you get around where people are kind of pat, you're kind of challenging each other, like all right, your turn, here's a guitar, but you have to come up with something that's that's both fun and that everybody in the room can know. You know what I mean? So it's like handed it to them and they're doing dancing and dancing with the uh, dancing in the dark. You know Springsteen. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh yes, great call. You know that kind of stuff. They, they're just lovely dudes. They've kind of inspired me to want to kind of write. And because because they would come over. One of the things that they would do when we would see them play is they would do like the folky U.S. stuff, like Towns Van Zandt, mm-hmm. better than anybody I've seen do it. Wow. You know, it, like in the way they do it with their thick accents, it really sort of gives it a little bit more legitimacy, almost the same as, you know, the Texas drawl of, you know, Towns Van Zandt or Chris Christopherson or one of those guys. So oh, that's cool. I know. It's really a weird thing. but they've, So they've kind of inspired me to kind of write like those kind of Irish songs that like – Kind of write the kind of songs that the that the, that a, ro- a bar room full of people can easily catch on to and sing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like th- that. That's nothing my fun new, about that, is there? It's my new challenge: that's is a write a simple, challenge. simple melody with a easy hook and lyrics that people can grab onto, like the first or second time they hear it. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of love that. So yeah, I mean, really inspiring, really fun, and we've already like so much has come out of that already. I mean, we've already our 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 spring calendar is full. Uh, I was going to ask about that. I don't interrupt, yeah. but like, so is this something that also industry people are at? And yeah, absolutely. So, so coming out of that, we we, you know, um, last year we had been invited to that that uh, Red River of New Mexico festival, which we talked about on one of these episodes, yeah. and and now we're doing one in Opelika, Alabama, which the Dark Water's doing too, and about, you know, all kinds of th- that same, you know, th- this this singer songwriter genre that I'm still learning about. I mean, it's, it's, you, it, you've got your headliners and you, you know, and then you've got your, your up and comers. And I, I hope we're in that category. You know, we'll take that, uh, as far as just people that come in and, and impress. And that's all we're really trying to do. So, yeah. but yeah, we, we got that one coming and, um, but, but all kinds of fun stuff's coming up. And, and I, I really feel like it's all sort of been driven from, Doing the doing the petty stuff and then going down and doing the thirty A stuff and the social media that comes out of that 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 we don't necessarily have everything to do with it's other people and it just sort of momentum spreads and uh, just like anything you know and 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 next thing you know when people are planning you know their calendars uh, they're calling us up yeah. well I mean you, uh, Ian I know jack shit about it. But I know philosophically, and what I have to concentrate on is, uh, and I don't remember whose quote this was, this might be Marcus Aurelius, it might be Epictetus, yeah. it's some Stoic philosopher, but it's like you're entitled to your work. Sure, yeah. You're not entitled to the fruits of your work. That, 
you I love can't that. control all you control, and we've talked about it before. But I think it's going to be the fucking reoccurring theme of we, every single you know podcast because of what we're trying to do. It's absolutely do right. And if something wonderful happens, something wonderful happens. But you can't control that part. You can't. All you can do is go out and do as well as you can do. That's it. Yeah. And put your heart into it. Yeah. And hopefully people recognize that. And I think if you're doing it right, it should be obvious. <laughs> Let's hope so. So I am. Uh, I, I bring up that quote because I've been saying it to myself a lot lately. Yeah. Because uh, where I am with the book right now is you know, I had got 50,000 words handwritten. Oh, my which God. Is, which, is, which is a good. I mean, it's a good chunk of a book. It's half a book. Uh, or if a short fiction, it's a, you know, it's a... Right. You know, Great Gatsby is probably 60,000 words. Yeah. Uh, and so then I decided to go ahead and start putting it in the computer, typing it and do a revision as I type in. And But what I found is that... Editing, as I, right? Yeah. And as I, as I was revising and putting it in, that it really started to go in different directions. And so it's almost like I'm starting from scratch, but with the knowledge of all the work I did earlier. That's like great. All that is informing. I think it's the equivalent of maybe your car ride down. Yeah, that's how it works. And I'm learning about the characters more. I'm learning about the plot more. And I am having a ball. That's so fun. Like, I'm really loving it. I, and I think I've talked on here before about you know, the attitude of fuck it and you know just write that shitty first draft. And I think even though I said it, yeah, I don't think I fully owned it or embraced it. I don't think I was doing it. You know when you like you think you're doing something, right. and then like all of a sudden something happens, or maybe years later, and you do the same thing. Like oh, oh, I wasn't doing it then. Now I'm really doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what it feels like. I'm able to write. You know, TK is what you write if you're. It means to come. Okay. An editor speak. Um, and before I would write TK, but I would get bogged down. And now I'm just like fuck it, TK, and I move on. And I've written. Every so is day. TK just kind of when you feel like you're stuck, sort yeah. of? Yeah. Let's say I got a character. I don't know what their name is. TK. Right. You know, something but like I'm that. moving on. Moving on. I'm I don't moving care. On. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. all we want is a shitty first draft. Yeah. So I plugged this, uh, you know, like my goals into the, this program called Pacemaker Plus. And, you know, I, I, want a, I want a shitty rough draft of my novel by June 1st. Yeah. I estimate it'll be about 100,000 words. And so it programs out, and you can tell it, like, I want to work less on the weekends or none on the weekends, yeah. or you can block out dates, and it gives you a word count, a target. Yeah. And I've been nailing my word target That's for awesome. a while now and writing every single day. What's your schedule? Uh, you know, I just try to write in the morning until I get my word counted, and then I say, you know, fuck it. I stop. So you, you get your dancing goats. You, you I've been, yeah, I've been going to the library a lot lately. Okay, the, the new library. Thing. Yeah, I really like Which one? Uh, the one in Toco Hills. It's got nice. beautiful glass windows. Okay. And there's something very uh, egalitarian about a library. <laughs> I love, <laughs> you I know? love it. Yeah, of course. It just feels kind of good. Uh, and for the first time, I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel I'm really happy right now. Uh, not just in life, but in like, like creative work. Yeah. That's and usually great. that is, uh, that happens. But there's usually lots of troughs of like self loathing and, you know, that sure. kind of stuff mixed in. And, and right now it's just feeling. Really good. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty pleased about that. Even, you know, and, but who knows what the fuck will happen. You know, I just want to get shitty first draft by June 1st. Yeah. That's all I'm worried about right now. Well, that's spectacular, man. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I mean, I'm enjoying the heck out of that. Um, 
That's also the theme of the, uh, the, 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 the lyrics of the, of the song you gave me. Yeah, that, that is certainly, that was certainly a large part of it, <laughs> without, a, without a doubt. Uh, I also want to mention another thing that I'm doing. Um, you know, I published the book last year or year before last. Yeah, uh, the short stories? Yeah, 12 authors, 12 mm-hmm. stories. Uh, all those stories were based on different months of the year. And I'm in the middle of working on another one, 12 stories, 12 authors, 12 stories about theater this time. Yeah. And that is kind of coming together. We've almost got all the stories. We just had another one come in pretty recently that was really fucking good. And it's been, you know, I want them to all to be good. I don't want any weak links. Yeah, no, so of course. I'm pretty excited about that. That just went to another editor. So I don't have a publishing date yet for that, but it is moving forward more. And that's. Is it uh, kind a different of group of folks or is it a lot of the same folks? Some you overlap, some not. Uh, okay. Some new writers uh, that I wasn't familiar with until they submitted, and others that I've said, "Hey, you know, I love your work." So, you know, so, do you so how do you again? how do you get the submissions? Is it just word of mouth, kind of? No, you you put it out in okay. little random places. You know, there's like every little, you know, creative yeah. niche. You know, there's people there's where spot. people hang out. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And so, and I I did, I did not do the best job of getting to all of those. Yeah, but I think I've gotten to enough to where I'm pleased with the submissions, and I think the book is going to be good. Um, and you know the right people that are obviously networked into the different places. Yeah, well, I know. I know enough. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm brand. You know, my thing was acting in theater. Um, so I'm learning this literary stuff. Uh, you know, as we go. But that's like the Right Club guys, for instance. I yeah, they're that's a they're spot. great, and they know yeah. tons of writers. Yeah, uh, here in Atlanta and, and elsewhere too. And yeah, they're awesome. That's super fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm, but I, I say, I mean, you know, I'm a rookie in this, but I'm, I like being a rookie. You're enthusiastic like, rookie. There we go. Yeah. I like learning about it. And uh, I'm, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm really enjoying the alone plugging away at a problem. That's great. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Well, and it's just a lot of fun. And I'm just a happier person because I'm actually fucking doing the work instead of just talking about doing the work. Well, all of my favorite songwriters, generally when they start talking about when they get asked that question about writing, that is what I've noticed. The, the the common answer is the misnomer of inspiration striking and all of that. And and I I think this is one hundred percent true too. I mean, you know, you you can't just sit around and wait for oh, I just I'm not feeling it. It's nothing's coming. It's you, the the. the ins- Inspiration only comes when you're sitting down and working on it. Exactly. That's get, when inspiration comes. And it's amazing you know? the connections your mind will make if you've been working at it. Like yeah. Not necessarily when you're sitting at the desk writing, but just throughout the day. But it only, That's right. that doesn't happen if you haven't put the hours right. in. Because you'll put that time in in the morning, and then later on you'll go take a walk around the block or whatever, and that's when it comes. Completely. Yeah. You read something, and you just find all these fun connections that your yeah. you know, subconscious kind of figures out that you know, you're not you know, able to do so consciously. I that's, have the same experience. That's great. It's not, it's, 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 that's the fucking joy right yeah. there. Man. That, that is what's, that's the happiness it for is. me. It is. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about writing a little bit, and we are saying with Dark Water, you know, they, they had the music and they gave yeah. Christian the... Yeah. You said, hey, put the lyrics. Yeah. I know it happens all kinds of different ways. Sure. Is that an, uh, is there one way that's more common than the other? I know, you know, REM would do the same thing. Like they'd have the music and Michael Stipe would yeah. just write the lyrics. Uh, or does it? It, it, it seems like uh, everybody has their own path. Yeah, uh, I guess but, so. But but, but you, you, the REM is a great is a, is a cool example where I'm not sure who came up with what first, but but Stipe would have lyrics or or Peter Buck would have 
just tunes, but either way they'd share them back and forth and he would either form a song around the lyrics, much like I did with your tune. Look you at know? that segue. Right, right. No, but, uh, but which is fun. I for I thought it was fun. You know, I've always thought that was fun. For for I, I, there's no wrong way is a thing. You know, I know when when um, I have done that with my brother before, where he has given me uh, a worked out song and I've put lyrics to it, and um, yeah, and it's a blast. And I also like doing it the other way. And I, and it, I know when I'm writing them, it's usually I come up with a tune. I think we talked about this. I'll come up with a tune first and then fit some fit some words in there once I right. figure out that the tune is fun. But I, I, I'm not sure that I don't like the other way now. I, I don't know. That, um, the, the experience of just finding some really great lyrics um, and, and, and going back to Christian's thing, that, that was the, the other cool part is that when you really have to learn the harmony parts of uh, these tunes as, as, as hard as we had to learn them, Lee and I kind of separately you know and then got together about it and it was like man these lyrics are really fucking cool you know (laughs) you know they're really cool it's like there's a lot there's a lot of depth to them you know and uh uh, a lot of it's it's they're 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 unique and uh so so you can tell that he had fun doing that too somebody that is a you know a a long time successful pro you could you can you can feel the inspiration that's very cool so, and there's got to be times of the opposite too, where you're reading a lyric and you're like, "Oh my fuck!" Oh my god, that happens. Really yeah. have that happens all the time Man. in acting. <laughs> so I'm not going to name, of course, a- not anything about this, but we did that uh, Wire and Wood Festival, and I think we talked about it. It was lovely out out in Alpharetta. Uh, it's it's put on by the same people that put on 30A, Russell Carter and his group, and. We ran it. There was some dude who I got his card or I gave him my card or whatever. And then about a week later, he's like, hey, you're perfect for this song that I wrote. Will you sing this song for me so that I can sell this song? And I was like, "Uh, maybe, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a good start on the answer there. Maybe. maybe. And he sent it to me. And I mean, it (laughs) is just terrible, you know. (laughs) And I could not. And he was kind of hounding me about it. He texted me and he called me and the whole whole bit. And I just, you know, I didn't. I still don't really know the right way to let somebody down on that. Because as you know, you, you... it's hard to say something to somebody when they've written something like creative like that. Completely. You don't want to be like, that stinks, you know, cause what is, what am I to say? Somebody else might think it's awesome, but I doubt it. But <laughs> right. But it is, it's a, an incredibly subjective thing. So I kind of pushed out of that, to be honest. I did, I did not, uh, <laughs> what did I, ju- you say? I just didn't, I didn't respond. Oh, shut up. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do it. I That's know. horrible. You I, know that. I, I, I do know that it's bad, but, uh, but I, <laughs> That's I think horrible, so. and I've done that several times. I know. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't. I just. I couldn't. I, I didn't know yeah. what was the honest way to do it. I, you know what I mean? Was it, is it is it the right thing to say? Like, I guess I what maybe the 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 better thing to do would have been to just say like, hey, this isn't my style. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, thanks for sending me the song. Yeah. You know, it's just it's you know. I'll go do it right now. It's not really. <laughs> it's not. It's not for it's me. It's not too late. It's only been three months. <laughs> But it's a whole, like people, it's hard to say no. 
That's what I mean. And I, mean, I love to feedback. say no. Don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> but I just I have I don't love hurting people's feelings at a creative endeavor. How about that? Oh yeah. my God, no! And anybody who's doing this is sensitive as fuck, right? You know, that's yeah. otherwise they'd be doing something else, right? That's true. Um, that's true. Yeah, I, I think we've talked at, even on the podcast about like you know what we do in our, our theater company is do the Liz Lerman technique, and it's very why it works so well and gives feedback without hurting anybody's feelings is it's incredibly regimented. There's four steps in the process, and they're all designed to give feedback without crushing somebody's soul. Remind me, <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember how that went. Those four steps. You have, uh, you have the popcorn section. So let's I'll, let's say let's, let's say it's a song. Yeah. Uh, a guy hands you some lyrics, much like I did, and if we were in a group or just by ourselves, you know. So the first round is popcorn, and that's just stuff that you like. You know, it's just kind of rapid fire stuff. Hey, you know, cool use of a verb, you know, whatever, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So boom. Awesome. So that automatically gets them feeling good. Yeah. You know, you like, you feel like, all right, they've listened, they've heard it. They're, re- they're repeating stuff. I did yeah, back. Yeah, they yeah. know they're with it. Second one is you get, uh, to ask, well, oh, fuck, I've forgotten the, the Liz Lerman technique. You ask questions. You can ask questions of the, the writer. Oh, I'm completely fucking this up. Uh, there's four steps. Popcorn. <laughs> I think maybe the, uh, the, yeah, the writer can ask the audience questions. Okay. And they're like, what did you feel in this moment? Did you see this thing coming? Got is it. the chorus catchy? Whatever. Got Mixing yeah, yeah, playwriting yeah. and songwriting at the same time here. The other thing is where the, then the audience, the next round, oh, that's can ask good. questions of the writer. But they have to be non-judgmental questions. So I think that like a good example is, Let's say you're seeing, uh, you're at a play. Right. And it's for, for, they just use one spotlight the whole time and it just follows the actor around. Yeah. So instead of saying, why the fuck was it so dark? <laughs> <laughs> you would say, so I noticed that you had a spotlight following the actor around. What were you going for there? Got it. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. And you, you say, what was it, in your mind? Yeah. What was your Yeah. Vision? What was the what effect was you were trying to get yeah, to the yeah. audience? You know, that kind of non judgmental, just trying to seek answers. And the last part, and this is where it's really critical and the wording is critical, and I bet I fuck it up, uh, is the audience can uh, say that they have an opinion about the piece, but they have to ask permission to give the opinion, and they have to say what the permission, what the opinion is about. Okay. So I would say, Will, I have a question about the use of the word kangaroo in the chorus. <laughs> Would you, weird song. would you like to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I have, a, I have an opinion about the use of kangaroo in the chorus. Would you like to hear it? And the person can say yes or no. Oh, you that's know? pretty good. It's great. It, 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 uh, it's no. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, bro. Well, sometimes, I mean, after an hour and a fucking half of hearing, you know, critique of your play, some positive, some negative, you're like, dude, like, you can just be honest. Like, yeah. I've had enough. I'm I good. Can't. I've heard enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got enough. I've got more than enough stuff to... To work Make me on. hate myself forever. Yeah. <laughs> the self-loathing <laughs> but, is but palpable. That's, that's really hard, and that happens all the time, especially, you know, right. I'm sure it's going to happen all the more for you, uh, you know, the higher you go. Yeah, sure. People are just starting up, and they're going to be like, I got questions. I have, you know, yeah. It's gonna, it's tough to deal with. Yeah. Um, speaking of shitty lyrics, though, <laughs> let's. I want to hear what you did with the song. Okay. Um, so, I think the last episode we did, you... Did a little tune. I had had the melody I behind think. it. So what I did was did not do that. That's cool. So um, by no, I felt like the best thing for me to do 
was be to go through your lyrics um, and sort of sing them in this um, uh, just sort of idea that I had about being really simple with it. And I think I told you over email that what I did was um, I thought about what John Prine and Guy Clark, the way that they put together songs, kind of, and, and and put, and I mean that in like the 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 the, the, mus- the musical structure of the song, and it's and it's usually just pretty simple, so that you can focus on the lyrics. You right. know what I mean? Like a John Prine song is a lot of times pretty simple little tune. But it's got these just wicked, smart, you know, deep lyrics that the fifth time you hear them, you like them way better. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, um, and I just saw him, so I'm just so in love. It's just amazing. Well, how could you not be? Special. It's just so great. How's he holding up? How's he looking? He looked great, man. He Good. looked great. And Tanya Tucker came out with him, and she was just, they sang Angel from Montgomery together. Apparently right. she had recorded. I didn't know that. She had recorded it in the 70s. I guess probably... A hundred people have recorded that song, say, like, probably, but yeah. um, such a good song, you know. And he was he was great, and his band was his it was awesome, and uh, yeah, it was just terrific, you know. And 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 looking around the artist tent, you know, like Steve Poltz is there, and the Zach Brown dudes are over there. I don't know who Steve Poltz is. Man, he's great. He's like the star of this. I was telling you about as I learned more about this song reader, songwriters kind of hierarchy of like headliners and stuff he's definitely one of the headliners he's like one okay. of the top dudes you know he's every weekend i'm sure all around the world doing solo sets by himself somewhere and it's hilarious i mean it's hilarious and he's really talented and great and it's it's a very unique little skill set that these guys have bob schneider is another one i don't you know if you know bob schneider I don't. he's Right there along with him. I mean, it's just it's just this unique act, you know, uh, that's completely kind of... Both of those two guys are completely different, but still could could headline the same festival. They're completely different, and their styles are completely different. But, like, Schneider uses all these loops, and he's just a, just a comedian, and Poltz is also a comedian in this way, and wears a headset and kind of moves around the whole time. But anyway, I mean... It's cool. Uh, just learning about any new scene is great. You yeah. Know? But 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 anyway. So he's there hanging out and just all the you know everybody was just sort of it was just so everybody loves Prime you know and uh, he was he was just killing it. So but I tried to take that method with your tune. Just just like what can I come up with? So I put it in what I like to consider my little songwriter's key, which is Capo three because um, it's good for my voice. Um, goes up it could go anywhere. Does that mean you move the capo yeah, down to the yeah. third fret? Or is yeah, that, yeah. Is that what capo means? down to the third fret and, and then just sort of mess around in there until I find something and try to keep it simple. And then That's I, cool. I cut some of your lyrics, no offense, None but taken. I was just going with the meter uh, and generally the, the best four lines in each verse. Um, and I love the bridge. The bridge is my favorite part. Oh, cool. To be honest. So... Um, but uh, I will show it to you, sir. Outstanding. So give me just one second to grab my guitar off the wall while you... Yeah, do that. Uh, yes, one second. So I will explain just a little bit of where I was coming from while we'll get set up on the, uh, on the guitar there. Uh, I was, you know, I don't know. I've never written a song before. wanted to try it. I've got a professional musician right here in front of me, so I thought I'd do it. And so, you know, I, I, I am very curious to see what happens and really excited and... 
Thanks for doing this. This is a this is a bucket list item. That is, so that is not coming up. And I've got a third mic if we can add, if we, we need to. Huh. Well, maybe if I just bring it down. Hold on. Okay. Maybe if I do something like this. Oh, put that one down and use this one. Oh, great idea. You're a genius. Genius. Look at this, and I even have a music stand to read your lyrics. So much preparedness. So, funnily enough, at that initial Darkwater show, the first one at, at AJ's, just guitar strings, that's cool, um, they did not have a guitar stand, I mean a, a music stand. And I'm very anti-music stands, which is kind of funny. I've refused to use them. I would rather get the lyrics wrong. But in this particular case, that was just not... An option. I was gonna have to get the lyrics right, you know. Like we talked about, I just, I just, it was gonna. There's a lot of them, and it was gonna sound weird if I screwed it up, you know. And and so, like, what I ended up doing was taping. And I'm trying to. What's funny is I'm trying to monitor two things at once. I'm trying to 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 make sure I've got the chords for the bass and trying to get the lyrics for the song too. At the same exact time, it's like two, it was really screwed up. So, like, what I ended up doing was taping the lyrics to the mic stand as the song went, and then I would tape the notes down by my feet. Uh, and somehow it worked out. But the funny thing about that was, is I was so relieved that it was so many papers. It was like so many papers. And I was so relieved that that was done that I like threw them all away. You know, I threw all all these meticulous charts I'd made that I'd made during the week. I threw them all away. And then like the next morning I woke up and it's like, you fucking idiot. You have to do this again on Sunday. So I ended up, but, but it actually was a good learning thing because I had to, I didn't have to chart everything again, but I had to chart a lot of them again. Uh, and that was actually good because it made me learn them that much better. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because every time, every time you chart something or write it down, you're going to learn it, you know? Um, okay, so this, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so can you hear this through your, is this coming through yeah. the guitar and my voice? Okay, I think this is it. Wake up. Oh, fuck. I screwed it up. All right, here we go. Wake up on the couch, 2 a.m. Rick and Morty and all my friends. Defend them on cashew nuts. I gotta clean this act up. Drop to the goat and surf the web. Wonder why I feel this dread Tell yourself that there's still time Start next week, it'll all be fine Who am I, who am I again? 
Hell is a person you might have been What am I gonna be? Let the verbs determine me Determine me Lay down with me Knows the spell The loneliness of what the hell Hold on, I'm gonna start that verse over. Lay down with me, knows the spell, the loneliness of what the hell. The anagram, it does not lie. I'm a seven, I don't know why. Sit on the porch, attend the rain, another drink to ease the pain. Hung over morning, wasted day, wasted life, wasting away. Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is a person you might have been. What am I gonna be? Let the verbs determine. Thanks, dude. 
Sorry if it was a little bit more mournful than you were going for, but it did feel like the right vibe. No, I thought that was fucking great. That was awesome. Thanks, man. Um, that's such a unique uh, experience. You gave me a lot to work with. Uh, I loved what you did. Thanks, dude. It reminds me of uh, the process and the feeling reminds me of um, what an actor can do with your words. Interesting. You know, when you write a scene, you write a play and you have, you know, you have your vision of it and what you think is going to happen in your head. And then when a good actor gets a hold of what you have, they just... It's just like a flower blossoming. That's fun. Like it's amazing to watch, and and is so cool. And that was that was that exact same experience. Oh, that's cool. That was awesome. That's interesting. See, look, this is uh, we're we're crossing the whole thing <laughs> here. Where we started, we're, we're it's a it's a circ- it's circular stuff, man. That's super great. By the way, it sounds amazing now. Whatever you just adjusted was yeah. Lovely. We may have we may have missed the first part of that uh, audio wise, but you know. We'll, oh, we'll, I can do it we'll again. Figure it out. You want me to do it again? Yeah. No, let's do it again. I'll do it better the second time. That's totally cool with me. I thought it was pretty fucking great, but this is, I think this audio is where we want to be. And that, oh, I think this is that perfect. This is perfect for every recording moving forward. That's lovely. Um, oh, I see. You just cranked it. Got it. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> well, let me just do it again. All right. Cool. I'll do it better the second time. Shit. And I was actually in Capo 2 anyway. <laughs> So we'll move to Capo three. Yeah, let's get. I kind of liked it in Capo two, but we'll we'll see how we'll see how Capo three feels. Let's move the uh, microphone back. We can let the audience decide. Capo three or Capo two, which is the right formation here? Which is F? We're gonna do it in F versus E, basically. Wake up on the couch, 2 a.m. Rick and Morty and all my friends. Laughing to mom and cashew nuts. I gotta clean this act up. Drive to the goat and surf the web. Wonder why I feel this dread. You tell yourself that there's still time Start next week, it'll all be fine Who am I? Who am I again? Hell is a person that you might have been What am I gonna be? Just let the verbs determine Determine me Lay down with me You know the spell Loneliness So what the hell The anagram It does not lie Cause I'm a seven But I don't know why Sit on the porch, attend the rain Another drink to ease the pain A hungover morning and a wasted day Wasting a life, wasting away Who am I, who am I again? 
person that you might have been What am I gonna be? Just let the verbs determine me Resistance thinks that it will win But we will triumph, yes, my friend What are you, what are you gonna do? You'll fight until the battle's through Who are you again? Joy is knowing that you what are you gonna do? Just let the verbs determine you. What are you gonna do? Let the verbs determine you. Determine you. Determine you. Uh, it was definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> you, peppier. A little peppier. A little peppier. You were better. I fucked up the... I tried to do a little visuals on that. And completely... I'm sure you'll get enough. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'll um, let it out. So, I know we're running late. Can we talk a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're good. I really want to kind of talk about your process. Mm-hmm. Once you had mm-hmm. the lyrics and then you had kind of what I sang for you. What, what's your first step? What do you do? I thought of a fun little simple melody. I had an idea first of like what it could, I was like, what's a fun little simple melody? And, uh, I, I, and when I, for me, when I think about, you know, and it's probably the way most people in any form think about, like I go back to those kind of guys. I go back to like the, the Guy Clarks and the John Prines. Like I go to those dudes, you know, like the, what are the guys that are make it the make the make the hard seems or the whatever I'm trying to say the 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 hard seems simple or the simple seem hard but 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 it's it's really really tough to write a simple song you know what I mean and to have a simple melody so I go back to that and so I'm like what would those guys do you know um, it's sort of like just if you're thinking about process it was sort of I know we talked about when. I wrote that tune for the 
Girl on the Train movie. And yeah. um, what I was thinking about when I like sat down, it was kind of a daunting thing to sit, sit down and think about, right? But, but, but what I thought about was, all right, legitimately what it, I thought, like, what would Springsteen do here? You know, like, what would he, how would he approach this? You know, and, it, and it's always this, and it was the same thing. Simple. Keep it simple. Go from there. You know, don't try and make it too hard on yourself. Because generally, if you have the lyrics, you know, then you can kind of work around that. At least in this case, I feel like it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off. You know? I really loved what you decided to leave in and what you decided to leave out. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah I really liked your choices. Well, I just kind of went through it and just decided, like, what's fun to sing and what words, what, what makes the story. And and the story is, it's a really you, Michael. You're beating the shit out of yourself about not getting your pages yeah. done. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? It's about my friend Joe. Joe, Joe doesn't do this work. You're not getting your pages done, and you're mad at yourself for not getting your pages done and drinking instead. But... Uh, you know, uh, so inform knowing maybe knowing you helped a little bit too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I tried to put myself in your well, you po- got, in your position. You got the spine of the story. You know, yeah. which is what happens yeah. in almost all writing and rewriting. You know, mm-hmm. you you end up writing so much, and then what you really need is, is something right. to cut it down and get to what the actual story right. is. You know, if it get to the get to the heart of it. Yeah. Get to the heart of and it. I thought and knowing you, you I think I. That probably helped is to get to the heart of it. Sure, you know, um, and I know you wanted to end it optimistically. I did, which I appreciate. <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, yeah. So uh, my my skin is pretty thick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what advice would you give me if I were to try to write another song? Um, I, I mean, I would probably go even a little deeper. Um, you know, just go a little deeper, like where you talk about. You know, he knows the spell. What is the spell? Go, go one step lower. You know what I mean? Like, get into what the spell is and the loneliness. Talk about the loneliness. What is it? You know, what is it? You know, like, really get into how it makes you feel. You know, like, I loved the thing that I asked you about before we even started about the Enneagram. Like, what is I don't know what that is. But that, that's why I liked it. It's a cool word, you know. And, uh, um. Th- that that's all I would say, you know, um, is, is what I try and do is just be real specific about the things that you're talking about. Like I liked the Le Fin du Monde and cashew nuts, you know, that's, that's, that's a nice, that's specific, you know what I mean? That's a nice yeah. little detail there. I don't, I, I don't know what Le Fin du Monde is, it's but my favorite beer and it's the best beer. Okay. See, great. <laughs> In the I world. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. Next that, time we record, I'll bring. That's a pretty cool line. Lafindimon and Cashew Nuts got to clean this act up. I like that. You know, um, that's that that says a lot in a few lines. Um, so yeah, and obviously, you know, I like the give no fucks thing. That's certainly uh, direct. Yeah, you know. So I, I I probably have told this on the podcast, or I've certainly told you, but like the whole reason I even thought I could be any kind of writer was mm-hmm. in my acting program. Uh, at the Maggie Flanagan studio, one of her students is a gentleman named Stephen Adley Girgis, who, great, he's a really good actor and an incredible playwright. And he's won the Pulitzer Prize, and he hadn't at the time, but 
you know, she turned around and said, you know, he, this Stephen Alagirgis, you know, he wants to do a playwriting for actors class. Who wants to take it? And my arm almost, you know, came out of my shoulder yeah. socket, you know, my hand went up so fast. And he brought in himself, John Patrick Shanley, who, you know, another Pulitzer Prize yeah, winner. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, Oscar, Oscar winner. Uh, Ruben Santiago Hudson, great playwright and actor and director. Um, uh, Eric Bogosian. Oh wow! Great actor, great writer, wow. great one match. So all these, this is the whole reason I, I, I can write, uh, or yeah. think I can write, or I mean I can write. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, but this is what started me thinking that I could do it. Yeah. Is yeah, this yeah. workshop, and the main message that I took from all of them is the exact one you just gave. You make it specific. Oh, that's interesting. And truthful. Yeah. Not yeah. fa- not factual necessarily. Just truthful. Specific. Yeah, factual and doesn't. Factual is bullshit. It's <laughs> factual is often boring. Right. Exactly. But truthful and specific gives it the chance to be universal. Right. That's right. And give us give people something to lock their sink their teeth into. Yeah. Give them something. Give them something to feel. Make them feel one way or another about it. And that they're not alone. Yeah. It has a chance to be universal if you're if you're if you do the work. Uh, mm-hmm. So. That that's, was really that's interesting. I love I'm, 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 I love hearing that. That's good to know that 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 is something that is a thing. You're giving Pulitzer <laughs> Prize and Oscar winning advice, Will Haraway. I just like details, man. You know, yeah. I just like details. Uh, so thank you so much for doing that. You're that welcome. Was a lot of fun. You're welcome. That Can we do advice. it again? Can Absolutely. We... Write me another. I dig it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. So we've won long. Um, anything else you want to say? Um, we're doing a dead show at the end of the month. That's fun. Oh, you are. I'm out of town too. Right? Yeah. Y'all should come to that though. Um, it's, it's on the weirdest day of the year, leap day. That's right. It's specifically picked. Um, they gave us a swig of dates and I said, that's the date. You know why? Cause it's the weirdest date. It's, it's, <laughs> it's February 29th. It only happens every every four years. That's outstanding. So last I saw at the Vista Room, not the Vista Room, at Finkman's, uh, which you. is owned by Pete and Nick from Yacht Rock. That's right. Circular, we're going back, man. This this whole conversation That was, was a circular. great show. Peggy was there. Hank was there, too. Hank Hank was it. there for that. Yeah, That's so that great. That was so much fun. I love that. It's a great show. Thank you, man. Well, we're just trying to play the songs. That's what I joked about in the newsletter. I was like... Don't be coming expecting we're going to do drums and space and shit and cryptical envelopment. <laughs> you know, we're not. We're not. You don't have forty five. We're not giving that. you a weather. We're not giving you a weather report suite. Right, that's not happening. <laughs> we're gonna play the songs. Right, right. we're gonna play the songs yeah. for you and do it in harmony and you know, well, country did. Well, I hate, I hate. I'm gonna miss that, but everybody listening should definitely go to that. Yeah, I hope y'all do. Is yeah. this gonna be the same at Vinkman's again? Yep, Vinkman's. They've been asking us to do it, um, and we we did we did it two years ago. And so maybe that's about the right time frame to do it. I think maybe a, a biannual thing might be kind of a cool way to handle it. I hear that. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to, I don't know, keep people on their toes. You Amen. don't want to do the same shit all the time. Exactly. You know, so. All right. Anything else you want to tell the people? No, man. Just um, check out that doc for sure. Um, we'll put it on the show notes and put it in the flock and. Sign up for our newsletter, which is the Ray of Light. It's uh, you, you can find it on sundogs.net. Just send us an email, and you'll start getting them. You know, we try to put all kinds of recommendations in there. Uh, we put in like favorite shows that we saw last year, favorite shows that we played. Um, gosh, what was the? I think the favorite show was actually pretty late in the year. It was Paul Cawthon at the Earl. So I don't know who that is. He's who is fucking that? wonderful. Oh my god! What uh, kind of music? It was Disco Whalen. Disco Whalen. <laughs> what? Yeah, 
It's a, he's got a couple of great records, which I really loved, and I knew he was playing on Tuesday, and um, I had two friends hit me up on it, one of them being Kelly Campbell, who knows his shit, and then the other, yeah, Rod Alexander, who also knows his shit. And they both were like, Paul Cawthon's playing, and it's on a Tuesday, which is, you know, Tuesday, it's like, that's great. We got kids. Well, on top of that, (laughs) you know that it's going to be cool on a Tuesday for a a, a national act to come through and play a 250-seat room on a Tuesday. That's like, that's great. You know, you know that's going to be cool, and it absolutely was. Lived up. Yeah, like within... Two minutes, it was like, within two minutes of them starting, it was like, yep, this is the best show of the year. <laughs> yeah, outstanding. Is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, we got all kinds of stuff on there, and um, love for people to read it. So Yeah, sign yeah. up for the newsletter. I'm on it. Uh, I, I get it when it comes, and yeah. I like it also. We do it once a month. Yeah. Well, fun, that's good, fun that's stuff. good timing. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, y'all keep going to see live music and going to see live performances of any type, I would say. There we go. Right Club is a good one. Right Club, go see yeah. some plays. There's some good plays out there right now. Absolutely. All right, until we meet again. Thanks, until everybody. Until we for meet listening. again, sir.